The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What a world! Welcome back all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Riders, your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, August 17th, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I hope that two days from now, you are properly caffeinated because the Dallas Cowboys visit the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday, August the 19th, in a game that starts, as in begins, as in the first moments happen at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we will, of course, be live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube and Twitch channels following the game uh, to discuss it all on the post game. I have to imagine that'll be somewhere around midnight Central, but um, it'll be a good time. So if you don't want to stay out for the live show, I don't blame you for this one. You can always catch the rewatch on either one of those places or here on the podcast network where we turn around and get it up for you as well. Please do subscribe here to the Blog of the Voice podcast network wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things mean a lot to us. And we, like the NFL and like the Cowboys, effectively, um, are getting into our regular season groove around here, which is why you know we're going to have some more guests popping up here on the Ocho. That's something I really like doing. I know I've, I've toyed around with that, but the goal is to have a guest, at least one guest, every week here on the show. We will also have, uh, hopefully, uh, barring any sort of technical issues, uh, the interviews with the guests, as mentioned, uh, available um, in videos on the YouTube channel as well. So we'll get to the guests in a moment, but uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday the 16th. There's a lot of time traveling happening here. Talked about Saturday's game. Today for me is Wednesday. Today for you is probably Thursday. But I'm recording this at 3.22 p.m. Central Standard Time. Bear is asleep on the couch here in the office, and the Dallas Cowboys have just concluded the Oxnard portion of training camp. Obviously, again, the Cowboys have a game on Saturday night and one more next week. But after this week's game, they will head back to the Star in Frisco where they will resume training camp. Uh, All the sunny, beautiful, wonderful weather days of California are now officially behind the team. Uh, Kind of a sign that we're getting closer and closer and closer uh, as everything around us seems to indicate, right? We are now multiple episodes into Hard Knocks. Uh, Madden has come out, right? Like you're just kind of going through the the rites of passage that are uh, the transition from summer 
to fall. By the way, there were a lot of you uh, who had thoughts on um, like solstice thoughts and things like that uh, in terms of when the summer ends and fall begins uh, that you tweeted at myself and Brandon Lee Gowton. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, for me, the summer ends on Labor Day. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Labor Day weekend being the, the final end of summer. Um, if you disagree with that, hey, no big deal. Uh, but uh, but so yeah, it feels nice to kind of be in that rhythm. It felt great to be on the post game last week. Uh, looking forward to it again this week again, even though it's going to be super late. And um, the fact that training camp in Oxnard is now over is just super cool because the Cowboys got through it and everything, you know, went well. Um, Wednesday was a bit of a tumultuous day. Uh, if you followed reports from from those in attendance, it was um, the I'd say the most contentious practice the Cowboys have had. Uh, Tyler Biotish kind of got the the most. Uh, um, I guess the MPP award, the most physical player. Uh, th there was a, a, a moment where Sam Williams seemingly going to get into a bit of a scruff and Tyler Biotis just came in and said, no, thank you. Uh, so Tyler Biotis seems ready for the New York football giants. Um, you know, what is it now? Three or so weeks from this particular moment in time. Um, so it's nice. It's fun. It's interesting that Oxnard's done uh, another year in the books and hopefully next year, uh, the parades and all that are even more elaborate with the Cowboys celebrating being reigning Super Bowl champions. A man is allowed to dream after all. Uh, but um, on the subject of championships, I know you all greatly care. I have won four fantasy championships in my primary league of record. Uh, like many of you, I imagine I'm in several leagues, but you know we all have the one league, right? Like the main league. And this one uh, for me is some some friends from college and some family members. My dad, Papa Ocho. Uh, we have been a league since 2010, and I have won the league four times now. Um, and I have won the league mostly because of my massive brain and you know supremely high level of intelligence, uh, but also. So uh, with the help of many fantasy insiders and experts, um, you know, that, that work in the fantasy football industry. And one of these people is Michael Fabiano, currently a Sports Illustrated and SiriusXM. Uh, Fabiano has been an essential tool for me in my title runs uh, as a fantasy football owner, also commissioner, no big deal. Uh, I do a lot of work, yeah, whatever. Uh, and uh, Michael Fabiano just so happens to be a fan in terms of NFL teams of the Dallas Cowboys. So Fabs was kind enough to take some time. He and I recorded on Tuesday. Uh, it was right after, one day after Zeke Elliott had signed or had agreed to sign with the New England Patriots. So we talked about that. We talked about Fabs' kind of history being a Cowboys fan. We talked about fantasy thoughts about current Cowboys players and the NFL as a whole. And also why Fabs is a bit down on the Cowboys uh, relative to, I think, most people. The vibes are pretty positive uh, throughout the confines of Cowboys Nation, but Michael Fabiano uh, a little bit, you know, less so than others. But nevertheless, it's an, oops, I accidentally hit the... Uh, the microphone there. I think we're still recording. That would be a disaster. If I, I just, I'm, I was moving my hands and I was talking. I accidentally just swatted the microphone. So apologies. Uh, I guess if I'm muted, it, it doesn't look like I am based on the computer, but if I am, well, you wouldn't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, so it's a conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy. And again, as mentioned, the goal uh, starting now is every week here on, on the Ocho, on my show at least, we have so many wonderful shows here, uh, but the goal is to have some sort of guest uh, to certainly figure things out and, and look into things. And so uh, let's get to today's. Here is Michael Fabiano on the Ocho. Very pleased now to be joined by the one, the only, the dashing, the debonair, the internationally famous. You know, I actually don't know exactly where everybody knows him from, but somebody knows him from somewhere. Everybody knows him from somewhere. Uh, most recently, though, from Sports Illustrator, from SiriusXM, it is the one and only the legendary Michael Fabiano. Fabs, um, my, uh, my fantasy league mates hate you because you have helped me destroy them. <laughs> well, I uh, appreciate the kind words and glad I've been able to help over the years. 
Um, do you ever like? I, I have to imagine you get that a lot. Like, like a lot of people, like, oh, I won. Like, I'm sure people even tell you, like, I won five hundred bucks. I won a thousand dollars. I won whatever. Like, you help me do this. You help me do that. Like, I have to imagine that never gets old. Yeah, no, it's always good to hear because that's what I'm here to do. Right, uh, is help people. So anytime, like, you hear that I've helped someone win a championship or they enjoyed fantasy football uh, a little bit more because of me, I try to be uh, someone who gives you advice but is also entertaining uh, because numbers can be very boring. Uh, so, yeah, I do appreciate that. I think you do a great job of that. Um, I go way back to like when it felt like podcasts were first kind of taken off um, when you guys would like go into the fantasy cantina. Like those are just the best days. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like th- things, aren't, Jason, yeah. things aren't the, the same. Um, but it was it, it felt like a secret. You know what I mean? It felt like I had this like special information that nobody else did. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was very cool. But it is interesting how in your profession, you've kind of become um, sort of a guiding light on a lot of things. And so I like when something terrible happens, like the DeMar Hamlin thing last year, I'm sure you got inundated with like, Fabs, what should we do? Like, what's the best way? Like you become this like voice of reason for everybody, even in situations that you never could have foreseen. Yeah, that was, that was a rough one. And I, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, like the situation itself was, was horrible, but right. it was a, it was a real point of contention in fantasy leagues. Like people lost friendships over that. I'm serious. Like, and it, the poor guy almost lost his life. And people are concerned about their fantasy championships. And I guess when money's involved, people can get a little bit crazy as we saw with Tommy Pham last year um, separately. But yeah, that, that was, that was a situation now that you have to make a rule for not for a guy almost dying on the right. field, obviously, or, or whether or not he did, but like if a game gets, canceled that was scheduled and does not get rescheduled like what do you do and you need to know what that protocol is going to be now because the last thing you do you want to do as a commissioner is have somebody come at you and be like hey man this happened and you don't have a rule for it what are you going to do because nobody had a rule for that nobody had a rule and it was it was almost like the perfect storm of like it was it was effectively like championship week for most people. It was two really fantasy relevant teams. It yeah. wasn't this like, you know, random like everybody goes to like the random Thursday night, you know, Titans Jaguars example. It mm-hmm. was it was it was as complicated as it could have possibly been. Yeah, exactly. In, in the leagues that I run, I run a ton of leagues. If the final score was not already set, so for example, if a team had a 50 point lead. Mm-hmm. And the other team had Tyler Boyd, like, okay, you're done. You're not going to, you're not going to catch him. But in any, any reasonable situation where a team may have caught up, I, I'm of the, of the feeling that fantasy football is supposed to be fun. And the more fantasy we get, the better. And so I told people, let's, let's play another week. Sure. And a lot of people were happy with it. Some people didn't like it. There was another option where only the players who you started in that game that did not play, you get their points from week 18. And then there was other leagues where, I mean, I know in high stakes, I was like, well, it, it sucks, but that's, right. that's it. You know I mean? Imagine being in a high stakes league, being down, I don't know, eight points and you've got Jamar and your opponent right. has no one and you win and it's a lot of money. I mean, I mean, sucks, you know, it sucks, but it's bad luck. 
there were a, a million different I, like I remember that in a week or two weeks whatever it was just like combing through like reddit comments and things like that like like to the the general point like there were all sorts of hypotheticals this person had this person had this lead was only trailing by this tiny little margin um and and you're right some people decided to kick it down another week or use a bench player whatever the case may be um mm -hmm. it was a terrible situation and thank god demar hamlin is all right but uh, but I'm sure it's it's a it's it's a memorable thing for you in, in terms of having to serve as this like overall fan like a commissioner over the like sport of fantasy football um, was needed at that moment in time. So um, yeah, I gave my suggestions and you know hopefully uh, people were able to find something whether it was something I suggested or otherwise that was was good and made everyone in the league happy. But unfortunately, you know, not everyone's going to be happy. So what a lot of people might not know, actually, I think you do a pretty good job of baking this in, is you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, our you YouTube think? audience, well, our YouTube audience <clears throat> is seeing the Cowboys hat, but they're also seeing, uh, <laughs> in terms of the view, only a New York Giants and Philadelphia Eagles and I guess Kansas City. Well, but see, all right, well, look, so I've got, the problem is that I, so I've got everything in alphabetical order because I'm, I'm OCD. So if okay. you move this up, there's your Cowboys helmet. Um, I got the other one here. And then I got okay. another one in the other room. I got another one that's signed by Emmett, Irv, uh, Micah, and CD in the other room. But um, I have all the helmets in order of division. So AFC East over here, sure. all the way down to NFC West down there. And so I just happen to be in a position where, like, I, you see the Giants and the Eagles. Right. Those are the best helmets, by the way, from each franchise. Um, I, I grew up in the 80s, so I love the 80s stuff for the most part. Yeah, the block giants is the best when they. It's I think you're a fan of you know alternate or at least good uniforms. Oh, um, love, yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's great yeah, to be I kind of back in this era. Eagle, the Eagles are terrible, like generally and objectively, but the the Kelly Greens are awesome. Um, to be They're able to awesome. get to see. Yes, yes. Um, and even the 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 Jaworski era uniforms are really good too. Well, back when they were in the Super Bowl against the Raiders, mm -hmm. uh, Jim Plunkett in '80, I like those. But like the Kelly Greens, like Randall Cunningham era, the those are sweet. Um, you have the commander's helmet. I was going to ask, cause I saw it. How did you decide to get the, um, the number 10 chargers helmet? Cause you like that, that makes it difficult to, you know, did you just yeah, that you know Herbert? So the, the helmet itself actually didn't come with numbers. Okay. So you could go like on eBay and stuff and find helmets that have number, uh, or numbers for helmets. Mm -hmm. And I, I should have got 30 cause Austin Eckler's my buddy, right. but I ended up getting Herbert. Uh, I just got the 10 because I couldn't find the those numbers in that right. style with a three. I could only find the 10. So I just got the 10. And well, then maybe, I have yeah. another one. Here, I'll show you. Where is it? So this one here is that's old school. Now that's that's Drew Brees' Gorgeous. number. Right. Um, but so this is like old school Chargers helmet, but a lot of these I put together. Sure. Well, like this was a different helmet altogether, and I got the the lightning bolts and the numbers and the face mask and put it there. And then actually, one of my favorite ones, I put this one together too. And I know whatever they're not the Redskins anymore, but um, that's a great logo. I love this helmet. Yeah. And they only wore this, I think, two years. It was like seventy one or seventy two or something like that. This is, and obviously the you know the Redskins helmet that we all know from back in the day before they went with the football team and the commanders is classic and it's, it's a great looking helmet, but I love that, that yellow helmet that they wore those jerseys uh, once or twice. I remember like when Jason Campbell was the quarterback, they wore mm -hmm. them once, 
but that helmet was actually like an Arizona State Sun Devils helmet that I found the Redskins logo yeah. and I was able to put it together with a gray face mask. So yeah, uh, a lot of the helmets that I have are old school stuff. Like I have, like, look at this thing. Oh That's my goodness. Broncos. Yeah. It, it looks like the Broncos had. Uh, That's better than their white ones that they're whipping out this year. So yeah, I, I, and then, and then I got the, this is the. Oldest, oh, it's wonderful. Uh, one. Yeah. You know what? I like the white, honestly, but like, I wish they just went back uh, to that. So here, I'll show you like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's classic. That's like, totally the, now, it, now they, they went to Super Bowls and lost and then they went to the Navy blue, the current helmets and they won Super Bowls. But I would argue that that's because of Terrell Davis, not because of the, uh, the jerseys. Um, so, so yeah, I, I love those old, uh, I, I wish they had gone back to those, but is what it is. It's, um, you know, like I'm a fan of nostalgia. I'm not necessarily a fan of innovation in this sense. Like I don't need this Colts black. I don't need everyone to have a black yeah, helmet. Black you know, one. I, I don't mind the helmet like so much, but the heathered blue like looks. You look crappy. like Duke. You look like I don't Duke. like it. There's there some of the alternate helm uh, helmets are kind of crappy, and some of the yeah. alternate jerseys are like, dude, just go back to your roots, man. Like that, like the Cardinals, like the helmets oh. and the uniforms they had back, like when Neil Lomax was there and Roy Green and OJ Anderson, like those are sweet. Those are really nice, but and and, and I don't know why the Cowboys won't go back to the Royal Blues from the seventies. I don't get it because I never liked the Navy blue, like as much as the Royal blue, the Royal blue is classic. It's you know, Royal blue with the light blue pants. I mean, it's awesome. They, they won't go back to them. I don't know why. Um, I'm not a big I'm, fan of Jerry Jones, by the way. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. There's a, big there's fan a long line. Um, I think in that sense, um, he hasn't the, won anything without Jimmy Johnson's foot fingerprints. Nothing. Well, you know, I don't know if you know, but the Ring of Honor doesn't have Jimmy, so it's really all Jerry's, I know. you know, it's, credit. That's that's the that's the party it's the line. Same thing. It's the same thing as WWE, where Vince McMahon won't put Randy Savage in the Hall of Fame, and we all know the reason why for that. Um, this uh, is different, but it's a personal thing. So it's um, I, I'm not like a you know, I know people believe in karma to different degrees. Um, I I I think this gets a little bit lost. The funniest thing I think you could have ever scripted. Um, it felt like WWE was the night that Jerry was celebrated for going into the Hall of Fame himself. Um, the night, you know, they had the halftime festivity. Uh, it was during the 2017 season, and it was the night that the Eagles were in town. So Sunday night game, it was literally at the time the worst loss that the Cowboys had ever had in that building. And like, and that building is like synonymous with Jerry, right? Like the glitz and the glamour of it all. Like everybody yeah. associated. Like so, like the fact that it was literally the worst loss they had ever had during this, the first season that the Eagles happened to win the Super Bowl, um, the night that he was celebrated for going to the Hall of Fame, like you, you couldn't have scripted that, you know, like that truly mm -hmm. was this, like, I mean, I obviously didn't enjoy it whatsoever, but it really was, I think, objectively funny, um, especially looking back on it. Um, it would have been, it'd be less funny if the Eagles had won the Super Bowl a year ago, but thankfully that didn't happen. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so if he brings back the Royal Blues, though, maybe he buys us both back a little bit. So that's, that's uh, the kind it of would bring me back a little bit, but still not all the way. He's, I mean, honestly, now I don't know how old you are, but I, I started rooting for the Cowboys in the early 80s and Tom Landry. I love Tom Landry. You know, right. Danny White and Drew Pearson and Dorsett, like we're, you know, like my favorite players, Randy White, Harvey Martin at Too Tall. I like I, that. That's when I started. And so it was really hard for me when the Cowboys got sold and Tom Landry got fired. Sure. But it was especially after the one in 15 season and the three and 13 were like, oh, this is awful. And then the dynasty hit. And we could have won two or three more Super Bowls, maybe two, uh, if Jimmy and Jerry could have gotten along. And I, nobody knows exactly, but but those two guys would happen. But I mean, bottom line is that 
Barry Switzer's Super Bowl championship was Jimmy's team. And ever since then, the Cowboys haven't won anything. Nothing. There's been bad coaching hires like Dave Campo, really. Like you're going to hire Dave Campo. Uh, I, it, I can get into it. I'll just get mad. Uh, so I, I do think this this franchise right now is a little bit jinxed because of Jerry. Uh, I'm a little superstitious. <laughs> I don't know that the Cowboys are going to win another Super Bowl while he's around. They, so they, they makes bad decisions. And I, I can't kill him for everything. He's made a lot of good draft picks, or sure. whether it's been him or Steven. And I remember he wanted Manziel, and then we got Zach Martin, thank God, instead. Uh, but, I mean, there's been some really – like, what are you doing? I don't, I don't know about this Luke Schoonmaker or whatever the hell his name is. I don't even want to pronounce his name correctly just to disrespect the, the actual selection of a, of a tight end in the second round, which made no sense at all. Um, well, that is the correct pronunciation, just so yeah. you know. Um, uh, and um, it is strange. You can't kill them for everything. I agree with you. Uh, Will McClay deserves a lot of credit as well in that realm. Um, and I, I feel like Mike McCarthy is such an easy punching bag. Like our listeners and viewers know, like I've sort of, it's become like my corner, like the, like defend McCarthy, there aren't a lot, a lot of people here on this Hill. Um, and, and I do feel like he's stabilized at least the football production, um, sort of made it a real football production, uh, which is good to see in a breath of fresh air. I mean, look, like they were a playoff team two years in a row for the first time in 15 years last year. They won double digit games, you know, back to back years for the first time since, you know, the mid nineties, they won a road playoff game for the first time since the 92 NFC title game. Right. Like they, you know, and like, again, like that does, that isn't everything like, you know, you know, Michael Fabiano isn't buying like memorabilia to celebrate the first road playoff win in 30 years. Um, But it is, you know, it's an improvement. And so I, I, do give those sorts of things to Mike McCarthy, but um, you know, we went like way off script in terms of the things I sent you. But uh, my first question really was like, how do you feel about the Cowboys this year? Um, I, I don't know if it's doom and gloom based on this most recent diatribe, or if you do feel like they are one of the better rosters in the NFL. No, I think they do have a really good roster, but ultimately will they win a Super Bowl? No, I, I, I'm wow. really pessimistic with the Cowboys. Something's got to turn me around. Something has to happen to turn me around. And it, I don't know that it's going to happen. I love the addition of Brandon cooks, obviously getting Gilmore helps the, the defensive backfield. They already have a, a, a great uh, player in Micah Parsons. So like this defense is going to be tough. Dak's got to turn down the, the, the picks, which mm-hmm. it seems like every interception that he throws in camp is all over Twitter or X, whatever the hell it is now. Right. Um, so they're, they're in the spotlight, but like any, anything short of like, even in, I mean, even an NFC championship game birth, like get me there. And then it's I'll such, be happy. Such a low bar, but I, I agree <laughs> with you. Get me there. It's like, I'm a, I, like, you know, I, I'm just like, come on, like something. But at the end of the day, I mean, you remember, remember the, the, the season, what was it? Oh seven. When we were the best team in football, 13 and three. And then an we were at year. home against the giants and we have a hundred turn, a hundred penalties and we get beat. Um, And that was the year, one of the years the giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But it's like, always something bad is going to happen. You know, like the game against Green Bay where, uh, you know, Rodgers threw that pass to Jared Cook, who that guy third and 30, yeah, time and third and 20, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. He caught the pass on the sidelines. Mason Crosby hits the field goal. We lose. I mean, it just it's disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And then, you know, the Jason Garrett era was uninspiring (laughs) and he was the coach for way too long. But Jerry likes his puppets, man. I mean, that Jerry, that's why Parcells was there for what, two or three years. Like Parcells ain't going to deal with Jerry Jones's crap. So. It, I wanted Peyton. It didn't happen. 
and I get, and I actually met Mike McCarthy one time and he was a really nice guy. Talked about fantasy football. This was back when he was coaching the Packers. Sure. So like, I don't have any prop, but, but I don't know if he's going to get us to, you know, to where we want to be. And I mean, people are going to be like, you're spoiled as a Cowboys fan. Well, 30 years ago, I was <laughs> I mean, like, not now we have one Jack, nothing since 95. So it's actually been really hard to be a Cowboys fan the last two and a half decades. Well, like half the helmets that you showed um, were like in operation the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. You know, like now we're talking like, oh, these are like these nostalgic things. I the know. Broncos should wear the orange crush helmet. Like that was like that was literally their uniform at the time. I agree mm -hmm. with you. Um, I do sort of again, I've landed on the opinion that, you know, what we wanted in Sean Payton, I think the Cowboys actually have in Mike McCarthy. Um, I'm not here to discredit Sean Payton, but I am not a fan of like the Nathaniel Hackett stuff is a really bad look. Like Mike McCarthy's never putting his foot in his mouth that way. Like I know, you know, people come at Mike McCarthy in certain ways. Like, and maybe like I think some people would say, like, oh yeah, well, I want like an asshole to be my head coach. You know what I mean? But um, but I, I think Mike McCarthy's easier to root for. And like like Sean Payton is kind of painting this villain arc for the Broncos this year. And mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work out, then he's really setting them up to fail. And if he was driving the big mega ship that is the Cowboys, like the crash and burn would be all the more epic. Um, so in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that we're not living in that alternate reality. Um, mm -hmm. in, in a fantasy, like when the Brandon cooks things happens, do you like, what's your first thought? Like Michael Fabiano, like is your first thought as a Cowboys fan or is your first thought about the fantasy implications? No, I've had uh, fantasy implications. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Brandon cooks, a guy who's had a thousand yards almost every year of his career. Right. You know, last year, everything went sideways because of the Texans. He's been on a million teams, but I think Dak really missed Amari Cooper. Sure. And I'm hoping that Brandon Cooks can somewhat fill that role because last year we didn't have a two. Uh, Gallup didn't work out. Right. You know, Washington got hurt. Tolbert didn't really work out. So, I mean, they have the weapons. I mean, Brandon Cooks is a, is a field stretcher, and I could he, I could see him having 1,000 yards and five or six touchdowns. I love C.D. Lamb. I think Jake Ferguson's going to be a fantasy sleeper. The Cowboys okay. always, always use the tight end. You're on and, that hill. You know, we, we didn't see Dalton Schultz coming. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's a top 10 guy. So I think Fer Ferguson could end up being that guy this year. Obviously, Pollard, I don't know what they're doing in the backfield, though. Like, so Zeke is in New England now. Dalvin Cook is the Jets. The only two guys that are out there are Kareem Hunt and, and Fournette. And are we really going into the season where Ronald Jones is our as our you know, one Deuce of our Vaughn, backfield? dude? What are like you talking really about, big? Ronald Jones? I, I, no, no, no. I get it. I mean, it's five five. Like, I, I you don't believe. No, no, no. I listen as as a vertically challenged individual. I'm not five five. <laughs> I hope he freaking goes off. I hope he's Darren Sproles 2.0. I really do. Right. But like, I'm talking about the backup running back. God forbid Pollard goes down. Who's our starter? Like, is it Malik Davis? I think it probably is. And then, like, where where are you going to go from there? They probably have to go to the street. Maybe sign somebody. And Zeke had 250 ballpark touches last year. <laughs> where are those going? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, I would offer that some are going to Deuce. Um, I, so I spent a week at Cowboys camp. I was more impressed with Ronald Jones than I thought I would be, um, which isn't like a huge testament or anything. But he's spending the right. first two games. He's not a good receiver. He's not a right, good right. protection. I, I would say the answer is probably Rico Dowdle. Like, like it does seem like he's leapfrogged Malik Davis in that sense. Um, he put the ball on the ground last week. Obviously, that's a big no-no. Uh, mm. But he does seem like the better runner. He has been before. He's just gotten hurt in the past. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I agree with you in that, like Deuce Vaughn has a defined role. It isn't it, the inherited starting running back role. If something happens to Tony Pollard. Um, but I, I would, I think those, those touches go, they go vertically. You know, they, they go to Brandon cooks. They go to Jalen Tolbert. They go to, Jim right. Ferguson, and that's like, when you look at when McCarthy was, uh, calling the plays for the Packers. Right. I mean, they, they like to throw the ball. I mean, of course he had, you know, obviously great quarterbacks, but like he likes to throw the football. So I think Dak, even though everyone's crapping on him right now, you know, the interceptions right. and it's just like the easy thing to do to pile on the, the quarterback of America's team. He could end up being a pretty good bargain in fantasy drafts because I think he's going to have to throw the ball. The Cowboys are going to be in, uh, I think they're going to be, I know the defense is really good, but like, you're going to have to keep up with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's other games on the schedule where you're gonna have to score some points, Chargers, to, right? Yeah, to win to win games. So, and uh, boy, what is it? Week four, the Cowboys uh, play the Patriots. The Patriots, yeah. I, I I wonder if the Patriots are wearing the red uniforms that week. I don't know. Anyways, I just my mind goes there. Oh, yeah. I love it. I would love it. Zeke in the red. Oh, it'd be great. Um, but I I, I do think Dak is going to be fine. Is he going to be an elite quarterback? No. Is he going to be elite fantasy quarterback? No. But Dak's always been, for the most part, a top 10 guy, top 12 guy in fantasy. And I don't think that is necessarily going to change this year. I think people are just looking too much at like, oh, he's threw so many interceptions last year. Well, last year was really the first year that he had that problem. Right. And now he's got Brandon Cooks. You got CD. Maybe Gallup will wake up. and Jalen Tolbert. Jalen, right. I mean, so you've got some guys. In the, I mean, Ferguson might turn out to be something. So he's got better weapons in the offense by a mile than he did last year. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause I often, I'm sure that you do this a lot, but I often like in, in a situation like, okay, Mike McCarthy's the play caller. Like, what do we expect? I, you know, there's not always a, a huge history of a, of a coach or a play caller. Like there is with Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy, but when he had the comment and I've, I've lamented about this a lot, but about at the combine about, we want to run the ball. And everybody ran with that comment and said, you know, a bunch of dumb stuff. Um, my thought was like, name the, like the fantasy running back star from Mike McCarthy's green. Like, are we really like, was Ryan Grant, like a life changer in fantasy, <laughs> or James Starks? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know yeah. Eddie Lacey was a thing for, you know, a little moment there, but like, that's not mm-hmm. his thing, but everybody acted like, you know, we were going to see the like reincarnation of like Sean Alexander or something with, uh, with Mike McCarthy. And then they cut Zeke a week after he said that and traded for Brandon Cook. So. Um, it, yeah. I agree with you though. Like Dak does have the like stigma of interception. So by all means, you want to pass on Dak in the fantasy draft. I, I will totally wait and wait and wait forever. On yeah, a I mean, you get him round nine, round 10, depending on the size of your league, round 11. Sh- I'll take him there. 
Um, I had two fantasy-related questions because I know you're getting asked about like what's your rank and this and that, but I thought these were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the greatest Cowboys season you've ever enjoyed as a Cowboys fan, but also like in parallel, like from a fantasy shares ownership perspective? Well, I'm, the, the the best season I had, I didn't start playing fantasy till '98. Okay, so obviously the best seasons I had as a fan were the Super Bowl championships, the three <laughs> that we had, you know, with Jimmy's teams. Right. Uh, and because before that, like I, I started rooting for the Cowboys in like 81. And so I, I watched the the catch game mm-hmm. and, you know, losing to the, in the NFC championship game. So I, as a fan, I didn't get to a Super Bowl until the early nineties. And, okay. and then we had the three. Uh, I, I remember like, one game in particular where uh, I had a cowboy out of, and you know, I'm like, I've had Zeke and I've had Dak sure. and I've had, you know, like I remember Terrell Owens, I think it was 2000 and like seven. If, if you're talking say, that four, that four touchdown game, game against, against the Redskins against Jason Campbell's Washington team. Yeah, that was, I had, I had him in that game. So that was good. I mean, that was like a 40 something point game for T.O. A, a sidebar that night, I will never ever forget this because I I was in high school at the time and you you're like so locked in and you think every like you're like oh the world hates the Cowboys whatever. Later that night, uh, Randy Moss caught four touchdowns on Sunday Night Football against the Bills when he was mm-hmm. that was his first season in New England and mm-hmm. I I remain convinced that it was like a, oh To caught four touchdowns today I have to catch four touchdowns. Today. Like, <laughs> I, I might have been believe that for all of my life. It might have been and then the um the game that I remember the most where I benefited in fantasy, but the Cowboys lost and it was like a tough loss. Mm. Do you remember the Thanksgiving? It was my first year playing fantasy. It was 98. It was the Thanksgiving Speaking day game of. against the Vikings. Yeah. And Randy Moss had three catches and they were all touchdowns. And he averaged like 50 something yards a catch. Like it was insane. It was a really high scoring game. The Cowboys got beat in that game. But I had Randall Cunningham, mm. and I didn't have Moss. I had Randall Cunningham, uh, and I think I had Chris Carter that on that team too. And so I was pissed that the Cowboys lost, but I was happy because like, and I ended up winning. It was the first league I ever played in, and I won it. And I had I started with Brad Johnson, and then he got hurt, and I picked up Randall Cunningham, and Cunningham was awesome. And um, but the Cowboys got smoked in that game. It was I remember it was like a real high scoring game. And I remember the Vikings like took early lead and the Cowboys were getting blown out. And then the Cowboys scored, uh, made it a little bit closer in the second half, but like it was, you know, it it was definitely a disappointing, um, it was definitely a disappointing game. And, you know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys were, were a good team, Sure, but that was the year the Vikings lost only one game. And then they got beat in the NFC championship game by Chris Chandler and the Falcons which robbed us of a Broncos Viking Super Bowl, which would have been awesome. It's just the way it goes sometimes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you think like the, the weekend of the title game, you're like, okay, we need this combination and it's going to be amazing. And then you know somebody just fails or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, this. The example I gave you was Calvin Johnson in 2013. Um, like just going like I didn't have him that day um, or that season, but I actually never had a share of Calvin Johnson ever, which is a, a crime um, you know, for me. But I mean, having Randall Cunningham had to have softened the blow a little bit. The yeah. other you know, prominent example that people give is uh, I'm sure you remember RG3's rookie year, the thanks also the Thanksgiving Day game. Yep. Um, yep. It was both I, my cousin, and so like you're with your whole family, and he was super into it. And thankfully, I won the league that year. But he had RG3 <laughs> and he 
and Alfred Morris. Um, and they were just, yeah. you know, they were on a tear that year. Um, it was really, really, really annoying. Um, Fabs yeah, and Gardner, RG3 had a great, from a, he had one of the great rookie seasons for a quarterback, but it, and, and it, every great rookie season from a quarterback, the guy's mobile. It's right. weird. RG3, Cam, I mean, Dak had a good rookie year. Like there, there, you, there's any number of uh, examples that you can, that you can make. They're all mobile. Like all, even Justin Herbert, when he was a rookie, I think sure. he rushed for five touchdowns. So, um, but yeah, RG, it's a shame what happened to him in his career. Even uh, not a rookie, but to your point, um, like Aaron Rodgers early on was was more mobile than people give him or gave no, him. No, no, yeah, for. he would give yeah. you like three, four hundred yards rushing. Yeah, right. And even Andrew Rock um, too, same thing. Even Tony Romo, like, was again more not mobile, but more mobile than you think, and that's that was a big reason for like fantasy relevance. To your point, yep. Um, yep. Even Joe Burrow to a sneaky degree, like it, not the same thing, but like that's a really really great point. You, it's it's very difficult to again to the point to come in and be an elite passer. Right. Um, Prototypical and, pocket passers don't come in and, and light the fantasy world on fire. Like even Peyton Manning was right. But he had 28 picks in his rookie year or something like that. I mean, it, that it, I mean, you can you go back a lot of the great quarterbacks who were pocket passers. You know, obviously, Dan Marino's maybe the exception to the rule, but a lot of those guys didn't come in and just go nuts. I mean, even Favre, like, I mean, his first year was with, with Atlanta, of course, not not Green Bay. There were a lot of quarterbacks who, like it took time. Mm hmm. And they didn't come in and it's these mobile guys. That's why everyone is all in love with Anthony Richardson because yeah. he, he's got minimal starting experience from, from a collegiate perspective. And he's somewhat raw as a passer, even though everyone says he's got, you know, all this athletic uh, talent, which he does, but he's got a lot to learn, but people love him. Why dude can run for 700 yards. And that the, the greatest example of a running quarterback having more value than he should is Tim Tebow. Totally. Tim Tebow threw the ugliest ball that you ever saw in your life, but that guy rushed for 60 yards and a touchdown every week and he was a good fantasy quarterback. Not great, but he was he was a startable asset. I'm sure you get a lot of now like high school and college kids like hit you up for fantasy advice. I it, it's impossible to properly like replicate or describe what that was like that 2011 run that they had the, the Tebow Broncos because yeah. that was when like Twitter was still like evolving and it, it was this like very like uh I actually thought about this with the Johnny doc that came out I guess like two weeks ago now um I went to Texas A&M and that like okay. it, it was it was something about that time like that that time that 2000 like from 2010 to like 2013 the internet was really becoming the internet you know what I mean and so that um, kind of exacerbated the entire issue around Tebow because I remember that, like you know, and you know, people like running backs. Don't matter. Mike Shanahan killed the running back. Like that's if there's one person who killed the running back position, it's Mike Shanahan. Yeah, Broncos. funny. I remember. Um, it didn't matter who the Broncos' running back was. You knew that player was going to have some value. Right. And it, I mean, obviously, Clinton Portis was. It didn't matter. He was awesome right. in Washington. He was awesome in Denver. But they had like Tatum Bell and Ruben Drones yeah. and Mike Anderson and guys like that. And then I remember it all ended with Monty Ball. Right. <laughs> we all thought Monty Ball was going to be like a thing because he was playing in Denver and he stunk. Um, and then that was kind of the, the, the one that was crazy, though, is like Ruben Drones is like a fullback in Detroit. And, had, and then that guy rushed for a thousand. Yards. Mike Anderson had like 1500 yards or something or 1400 yards as a rookie. Uh, yeah, it was it was whoever whoever played in Denver in that backfield uh, was going to have some fantasy value, and then the Monte Ball thing happened, and uh, I was I think that was close to the end. 
Yeah, it was a really a weekly game of like, okay, who's the starter in Denver this year? That's the top waiver claim by everybody in the world. And now, now his kid's kind of doing it, right? I mean, like right. he turned Carlos Hyde into an RB eight. I mean, in 2017, Car- Carlos Hyde was like the eighth best running back in fantasy football. The problem is now, well, well obviously they have McCaffrey, so there's not sure. going to be any surprises. But like, you know, if Elijah Mitchell was like durable and they didn't trade for McCaffrey, like that kid could end up being really good in that system. And it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a system thing. What's going to be really interesting to see about that is um, what, what the Niners do this year with Purdy, because mm-hmm. it seems like they're as much as they invested in Trey Lance, like he hasn't looked good. And they're, they, they seem to already be like, Ugh, uh, you know, we can't, we can't play this guy. I would love to see Lance just go someplace else, like trade him someplace else. Tampa. Give, him a, give him a fresh start. Yeah. Spread the wealth. I mean, yeah. and, you know, I, I love, we're selfish in fantasy, right? We don't want Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. We don't want Zeke <laughs> going to the Patriots because we want one guy to get all the touches. Like, you know, it, back in the Sanders and Emmett Smith days, and, right. you know, Priest Holmes and, and Ladanian and Marshall, and not, a lot of times that doesn't happen anymore. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of selfish in that, uh, in that aspect of things. But, this is the uh, this is the NFL that we're um, that we're dealing with right now. That's why so many people are going wide receiver heavy now and waiting on running backs because there's there's like so many committees, right? You know? I mean, I, I I talked about it on Sports Illustrated. Was Zeke a death blow to Ramondre? No, but no, but but he inhibits it. Really down yeah. work and some goal line work. Yeah, is Zeke really good in pass protection? Yeah. <laughs> so is he more of a threat to Ramondre than Pierre Strong and Ty Montgomery? Yeah. And then with the Jets, I, Dalvin. I mean, I you can crap on Dalvin all you want. He was the RB eleven last year. He wasn't. He wasn't crap. You know, he was. He was. He he was really inconsistent. Really inconsistent. He drove right. you nuts. But he still averaged four point four yards per carry, which is a career low. But he's still over four yards a carry. And now you go to the Jets, and I think that isn't a death blow for Brees Hall, but it really hurts. Man, like that um, hurts the ceiling, and that's what we deal with these days. You know, we we don't we don't get the you know the the Barry Sanders and the Emmett Smiths and uh, right. you know name name your eighties nineties running back who just carried the load. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of Derrick Henrys in the league anymore. To that point, um, it was two years ago. It was like, oh, Michael Carter, I'm good. You know, like you, you were in the dynasty league, you drafted Michael Carter, the running back, obviously. Um, you know, uh-huh. which made it super confusing. You're like, I'm good. I got Michael Carter, and then here comes Brees Hall. Here comes Dalvin Cook. Like the whole party is ruined. Um, we have gone way long, Fab. So I have two very quick ones for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, who was like the one moderate? I know I said Cowboys player when I sent you the rundown, but I'm I'm calling an audible. Who's the one mm-hmm. moderately priced player? Uh, it's like again, fourth, fifth round, whatever. That it's like that's the guy, that's the league winner. I know no one's ever asked you this question before, uh, but like, there's there's always like that name. Like uh, you brought up 2017. That year, it was like, hey, pay attention to Kareem Hunt, pay attention to Kareem Hunt. And I remember drafting Kareem Hunt, and that season opener game, he went off, and it was like this uh-huh. incredible justification. So who's that again? Kind of mo- like you don't have to spend big on him, but you you got to be a little early because the name's starting to percolate a little bit. <sighs> There's a couple of those guys right now. Um, and you're speaking just running back or it could be anybody. Anybody, anybody you want. I know a lot of people are high on Calvin Ridley, even though he hadn't played football in a while. Sure. He's actually being drafted based on ADP ahead of Christian Kirk, who's coming off a career year. 
and played a full season with uh, with Trevor Lawrence. People are starting to jump on Jameer Gibbs mm. also um, uh, in, in the high stakes community. He's moving up. And listen, I get it because it's PPR. The, and I always joke about this, you know, like, you know, I joke about my superstitions and curses and stuff, but like, you know, there hadn't been a good running back that's gotten drafted in the first two or three rounds by the Lions and Sanders and all the guys that they have drafted have either not lived up to expectations or gotten hurt. So hopefully that doesn't happen with Jameer Gibbs. But like people are people are really digging uh, on him big time because pass catcher sure. comparisons to Alvin Kamara. The Lions are going to score a lot of points. At least you would think they are. So uh, so he's definitely one of those guys um, that people are starting to to talk up. And then there's there's a few other running backs that have like really good opportunities that are probably going to be fifth rounders, sixth rounders. Now they have to take advantage of it. Rashad White in Tampa, mm-hmm. James Cook in Buffalo. Uh, Cam Akers in LA for sure. And JK in Baltimore. Now JK came back to the team yesterday. <laughs> That's they, a they've very got, interesting they, situation. Yeah. What, what we're looking for with running backs and any players clear path to targets or touches. That's Those fair. Guys have a clear path. That's now they've well got to take, now they've got to take advantage of it. The uh, just on the Jameer Gibbs point, the best Lions uh, running back I've ever owned or had shares of, uh, which again, you pointed me in the direction of at the time, Mikel Lashore. Um, you know what I mean? Those are some good times. Um, Michael, yeah, he, but, but he also got hurt and his career <laughs> got cut short. Right. Like, think, think about it. Since Sanders retired, you had, I'm talking about like guys who got drafted in the top three, right? Um, Kevin Jones, Swift, carry on Johnson. Um, Kevin Smith, I think was a third round pick. I want to say second or third round pick. You mentioned, uh, Michael Lashore, uh, Amir Abdullah. Oh yeah. Wow. Pick. All of them. Like not, not that they didn't have like, like Swift had, you know, a couple of decent yeah, seasons. You, you had moments like, or whatever. Right. Had a, like, but like, wow. At the end of the day, like everybody either got hurt or like was never got like into the top 15 at running back in fantasy. They all had, they all capped at RB two mid RB two. Mm-hmm. And then their careers got cut short either because their numbers went down or they got hurt. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Um, and like, you know, to, Reggie Bush did not get drafted by the Lions, so he doesn't right. factor into that. Or um, um, Jamal Williams either to that point. But right. Exactly. Yeah, Jamal season, Williams right. wasn't drafted by the Lions. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Wow. So the Lions need to bring back the black jerseys, by the way, with the blue stripes on the side. Like, they, you know, I know it's not a helmet, but they got to bring those back. Those I, you know beautiful. what? The See, my I like what they did with the Lion now that it's got a little mm. more dis- description in it like uh, compared to the other one that looked just like a ghost like a ghost kind of thing <laughs> okay. i didn't really like that one so i had it yeah this is, so i i actually don't mind this with the you know because it's got like it looks more like a lion the other one looked like a blob i need the oh. black stripe though like on the if you put the if you border the blue stripe on the top of the oh helmet, yeah no, no i remember the, those i remember then, those and i'm i'm but, fine i'm fine with the line i just want the black there but the best lions jerseys are the ones from the barry sanders era uh you could go back to like you know eric kramer was the quarterback i mean mm-hmm. I like those the the alternates that they did. I like the color of the helmet. I really do in the face mask, but the mm-hmm. logo is like, looks like a sixth grader drew it. And I know yeah. it's like an old logo from like the sixties. I just don't like it. Yeah. I'm like, they, they, I, I don't, I, I'm not into it. Like you put me in charge of these damn uniforms. You'll see this, the, the you'll see the, they'll go selling like crazy <laughs> off the, off the shelves, man. I I, when with I was you. with the NFL, I was like, I pitched like, why don't the, why doesn't the NFL do like a decades, um week 
all the time, like every season have like three or four weeks that are like just dedicated right. to like the decade of the seventies, the decade of the eighties, decade, whatever it is. Or, but, well, they did the AFL uh, thing in 09. Yeah. Like that, that was really cool. But to your point, um, like I think the Eagles were in the Kelly greens against the dolphins and somebody else, which is like the fine, but like wear them against the giants with the blood. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. do the whole, do the whole game. Like don't just, and another thing that bothers me is like, if you're going to do it, then I don't want to see the like current modern logo anywhere. You got to change 50. Yeah, yeah, you got to change the stadium. You got to change. You got to take me. And back the to dolphins the too. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to go, go go get over there, but yeah. Dolphins are screwing the around. Seventies, the seventies. Come on. Mm-hmm. How do you switch from those? That's so stupid. The, the dolphin stupid. they have now sucks. It, 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 that's a sixth graders uh, drawing. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I just don't like, whatever. I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in charge, but if I was the logos in the teams would be a hell of a lot better on the, uh, on the field that is what it is. I mean, at least we don't have to deal with the Buccaneers alarm clock uniforms anymore. All those true. awful Bills jerseys that looked almost denim on the on the top when the yeah. true Bledsoe era was there. <laughs> there was but, I mean, that, eh, whatever it is, what it is. The Bills made it through. My very uh, my last one, very quick. Uh, you mentioned fantasy owners are selfish, so I have to be because I don't get to speak to a Hall of Famer every day. Um, <laughs> so uh, with regards to my uh, my league of record, four time champion, the only four time champion. Uh, Congrats! Said. Uh, thank you very much. Um, shout out to you. We've we've done it together, Fabs. Uh, it's a it's right. a keeper league. You get one keeper every year. I'm keeping Travis Kelsey. That feels pretty obvious at this point in time. Uh, but I have the tenth pick. So overall, general strategy to approach right here, starting with Travis Kelsey. What should I be looking for? None of my league mates are listening. They've all I've been they've been instructed to turn <laughs> off the episode by this point in time. So I'm starting with Travis Kelsey. What should I build around him? So it's a twelve team league. Ten team. Ten team, and everybody keeps one player. Everybody gets one player to keep. Yeah. So not totally known right now, but it's the general type of dudes that you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So and where is your pick? I'm ten. So because I want you're, the league. So you're ten. You're defending champ. Okay. So what people are doing, and it's a ten team league, so the it's a little bit easier because you've got you're going to have more options, um, you know, than a twelve or fourteen, obviously. So. I'm typically going best player available, but you're probably wanting, depending on who's kept too, mm-hmm. you're probably going to want to go, you know, wide out, wide out. Okay. That, that probably, is it full point PPR? No, no PPR actually. Oh, it's not PPR. Okay. No. So then scratch that. Uh, I'd be wanting to get a, a running back and a wide receiver. And in that case, I wouldn't be adverse to going running back quarterback. If Jalen Hurts is there, for example, which he probably will be unless somebody keeps him, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd probably, and that's crazy for me to say, cause I never go quarterback ever that early ever. Yeah. Ever. That's, well, I know that. That's why I'm, but it, I'm kind of, but, it, wow. but I'm talking Jalen hurts. Like I want uh, give me a mobile guy. Who's going to run for touchdowns in addition to what he gives it. Like, I'm not saying go get, you know, Joe Burrow. Like, no, it's way too early. <laughs> uh, even though Joe Burrow's great. He's not worth a first round <laughs> pick, even in a keeper league. Uh, so, but I'd probably be going running back wide receiver or running back, running back, but I would not go wide receiver, wide receiver because it's not a PPR league. Standard league, you want yards and touchdowns. And so yeah. running backs are, are, are key. So my guess is that what were your other options to keep? Um, I do have actually, let me see as I pull this up very quickly here. Um, because if you think that Travis Kelsey is not the way to fly, I mean, I, well, I, it depends on what else you have. Right. Uh, so it was an interesting year, obviously, in a lot of senses. Um, I, Jared Goff helped me, uh, obviously, but I have Josh Jacobs, so a little bit on the fence there. DJ Moore, Christian Kirk. I do have CD Lamb as an option as well. I kept Cooper Cup last year, so I can't keep him. I do have Tony Pollard, if you're uh, interested in that. I, and Khalil Is Herbert. There, are there 
so, uh, limitations to how long a player can be kept. One year. So that's why, like, I kept Cooper Cup a year ago. So that's the only rule is all 10 keepers last year ineligible to be kept by anybody this year. All right. So so all those other players are eligible for you to, to keep. Right. Jacobs, um, DJ Moore. Stephen like, Kelsey, it doesn't matter because it's there's no age thing there because, like, you can't keep him next year anyway. Right. Well, I'm surprised as a Cowboys fan, you didn't say I'm going to keep CD Lamb. Um, I, uh, I I cost I myself the, I, a title when I kept Dez over Antonio Brown. Um, it was a tough. Uh, it was a tough. I, I, get, I get I get the Kelsey thing though because you have the best player to position by a mile. Right. And since there's no and since there's no situation where like you, know, you have to give him up next year, I can right. see I can see going with Kelsey. I mean, you got some good options. You got some good options there for sure. Yeah, I just again, it feels like Kelsey feels like the highest floor to me. You know, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, I don't disagree. Um, okay. Then I'm, I might have like, again, the quarterback, that early thing feels sacrilegious to me. Um, but you're the hall of famer, not me. So with, I'm with, with the standard scoring and typically it is with the standard scoring, I'd probably be going running back, running back. But if a good wide receiver is there, I, I, I could go running back wide receiver. Cause you're, you're at the wheel. So, uh, you, you, you you'll go back to back. Wow. The, and I think you probably would be able to get one of each of those positions or two at running back at 10 when everyone's keeping only one player. And I'm guessing, you know, Justin Jefferson will get kept. I'm guessing right. Jamar Chase will get kept. Tyreek Hill might get kept. Um, Jalen Hurts might get kept. I don't know. Mahomes could get kept. So there, there could be some pretty good uh, options at running back for you there. So that's probably going to be the avenue that you go down. Wow. I feel safe in your hands, Fabs, uh, as most people do uh, in the fantasy sense. Uh, we went very long, uh, but hopefully the Dallas Cowboys season does as well. Uh, hopefully this is the year that they prove you wrong. They say Fabs jinxes. I hope versus, so. You dude, know. I hope so, but like, I don't know. They, the Cowboys frustrate the hell out of me, dude. I could freaking, I could go on for hours about, and so could you. So late. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's cross our fingers that nobody gets hurt. Let's cross our fingers the offensive line stays healthy. Let's cross our fingers that Dak turns back into the, the Dak that that we 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 come to trust. Maybe not in the playoffs, but at least during the oh, regular season. No, we we're, 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 we're doing so well. I know. Okay. Listen, I know. I mean, it's it, it's like it's like you know, you know the peanuts character. Right. You know, Lucy holds the ball for Charlie Brown. Now Charlie Brown never gets smart because she's going to pull the ball away from him, and right. that's what the Cowboys do to us. That's what the Cowboys do. There is going to come a time in this season where the Cowboys are playing so well, everyone's going to start picking them as a Super Bowl favorite. Just remember that at the end of the day, Fab's told you so. It's not going to come to fruition. It's just if not. Had, it's if not. I had to be negative, I would say, um, like all the weird, you know, memories or whatever we've talked about, like the Aaron Rodgers, Jared Cook thing, like those things don't happen. You know, like 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 the the weird things don't happen for the Cowboys. They're all like, like again, Zeke's Dez last play was at the center. Yeah, Romo doesn't Romo doesn't lose the ball in Seattle right. with the, the 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 Vaseline ball or whatever it is. I mean, it's. It's Again, like we don't lose to the they, Giants. They, they never get the, the Cardinals yeah, and Jake Plummer for Christ's sake. They don't get the Jermaine Curse bobble catch. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't get the the Julian Edelman. You know, crazy catch comeback. Like they they don't get the cool moment. That is never the Cowboys. Um, in that sense. Yeah. So, um, good positive note to end on. Uh, Michael well, we Fabiano. Did beat the hell out of the Vikings last year. That was a fun game, but it was yeah. awesome to relive on quarterback too. Like just to see how like devastated they were. That was uh, yeah. a, a lot of fun. So, yeah. uh, Fabs, you're the best, the gold standard, the Hall of Famer. Uh, best of luck um, this season. Continue to help you millions too. of people all over the world.
want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Michael Fabiano for taking the time to join us here on the Ocho at Blogging the Boys at SB Nation. It was so cool to kind of just pick his brain and um, to be selfish there at the very end, obviously relative to my own personal fantasy situation. Uh, I'm such a big fan of his and have such a debt of gratitude to him. And so it was very, very cool for me uh, to be able to talk to him. And I hope that you enjoyed it. I trust that you enjoyed it. Um, if you're not following Fabs on Twitter, I would be personally stunned. Right? This would be like, uh, have, if you've never heard of the Sun, right? Like this is kind of that. But if you're not, uh, he's on Twitter at Michael underscore Fabiano. Go follow him. Uh, a must, must, must follow all the time. But certainly, uh, as fantasy football season picks up, I'm actually in the midst of scheduling drafts and things like that across different leagues. I know I told you earlier uh, that I'm the commissioner of my league of record. I'm the commissioner of a handful of leagues. You know what I mean? Like I, I like the work. I like to get my hands dirty. Um, commissioner of a dynasty league where I have a proud share of Deuce Vaughn. That's right. I When I drafted Deuce Vaughn in the dynasty league, oh, pff, Homer, the Cowboys guy, takes Deuce Vaughn, whatever. Who's laughing now? That's what I want to know. Who is laughing now? I personally hope that we don't see much of Deuce, though, this Saturday night in Seattle. Uh, and I say that because... I mean, his spot on the roster has to be pretty safe. I know that Laurie touched on this idea on the writer's block this week. I don't need to see anything from Deuce Vaughn at this point. I, I also I did a radio hit on, um, on Wednesday with my friends at ESPN Central Texas and talked about this. We're good. I mean, Deuce is RB2. Like, I don't need to, anything to be proven to me in that capacity. So I'm totally fine. Don't need to see Deuce Vaughn. Wrap him up. Let's just get home. Let's get to work. And let's get to New York on September 10th. That's how I feel relative to most players, obviously. Uh, but also now to Deuce Vaughn, he is in that elusive club. But if he wants to play or they want to play him, fine. I'm not going to throw the biggest fit about it, but I will throw a small fit. Um, in terms of who's going to play, what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera, this does seem to be uh, the week that most NFL teams have kind of um, – I guess the best way to say this is, if you recall, uh, back when there used to be four preseason games, the third one was kind of that dress rehearsal, right? In fact, it usually went by that moniker. Um, most teams would kind of, you know, so-so play in the first two preseason games. The starters would, you know, generally on average across the league play about a half in that third game, sometimes play through the third quarter even. Um, you know, your occasional starter would play the whole game, whatever. You get my point in terms of averages. And then nobody would play that fourth week. Uh, but now that the NFL has only three preseason games, things are a little bit different. And we're still kind of new uh, to this era of only three preseason games existing with the bye week following it prior to the kickoff of the regular season. Um, so that being said, this week, week two, is kind of the new old week three, if that makes sense. Um I, at least our you know reports are, I should say, out of Seattle that this is going to be when the Seahawks starters see the bulk of their time in the preseason. The Cowboys, of course, saw both the starting offense and defense, generally speaking, uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. So they will get their hands on uh, on some starters, at least, with the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday night. What will happen? We will talk about it live on the postgame show at the Blog of the Boys YouTube and Twitch channels, where we will be having our Madden simulations this year, among a host of other things. Uh, it's going to be a fun football season. We're very excited to share it with you. Once again, huge thank you to Michael Fabiano. Huge thank you to you, whoever you are, wherever you are, and however you are for taking the time to hang out with us here today. My name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, on threads at RJ Ochoa, on TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so. RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com. For now, I bid you adieu. I hope you have the most wonderful, the most fantastical, the most unbelievable, the most exceptional day of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.